0: Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and... since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
1: You're listening to Muses. My name is Lynx, and I hope you enjoy the show. everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Muses. I am your host, Lynx O'Leary, and this week I am being joined once again by the incredibly magnetic Patty Johnson. So, you may remember Patty from our previous interview. She's an alumni of the Rainbow Bar and Grill, as well as the creator of the Groupie Roundtable. Or perhaps you remember her name from the fabulous chapter that she has in Pamela DeBar's book, Let's Spend the Night Together. We previously discussed her time touring with Van Halen, meeting George Harrison, her decade-long job at the Rainbow, and, of course, the formation of the Groupie Roundtable. You can find all of that back in episode 108. I will link that up in the show notes. This time around, Patty and I discussed the term groupie, what it means to us, all of the misconceptions. We also discuss rock and roll decadence, the almost famous movie, as well as Patty's own almost famous tour moments, and once again her incredible friendship with Motorhead frontman Lemmy. What an amazing guy! Wow. Patty is really one of a kind. She is naturally beautiful inside and out and has the truest, purest, groupy soul. It is always such a pleasure to talk to her. She is a true groupie sister, and I'm just so happy that she came on again to share more of her incredible past. You can also check out our blog post that we did with Patty. She answered 20 questions. I'm going to link that up as well. And make sure you check her out on Instagram and check out the groupie roundtable on Facebook. Enjoy the interview. Patty Johnson, thank you so much. Once again, for coming back on the first time, it was such a pleasure. I actually re-listened to our episode that we did with you last week, and uh, it was like it was so much fun getting to relive that. And you are someone who has always been a proud groupie. You really claim that word. We claim that word too, and it's just so nice to have someone who completely understands what it truly,
2: truly means to be a groupie. Thank you for inviting me back. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny when you say that, but it reminds me of when sweet Connie passed away recently.
0: Yeah. Because
2: a lot of people had things to say, mm-hmm. you know, and I posted a rest in peace on my page and, you know, somebody came on to say, Oh, she's disgusting. She had the whole band and, La, la, la. And I just thought, wow, you don't get it, do you? No, Because Connie gave everything. She gave it all and she had so much love to give and she gave it to all of them. Maybe it's not my jam, but Connie didn't do anything sleazy. Connie was giving them a gift absolutely everybody loved her for it um you don't become literally have the home phone number of edward van halen if you're a slut
1: no and you don't get songs written about you you don't get name checked yes they all truly loved her absolutely like you said it she was a gift to them she loved what she did and again it's really just it comes down to people being uncomfortable
2: with women owning their own sexuality a hundred percent and think about how misogynistic that is like I've only become more and more aware of it as I've gotten older that's the gift of getting older Mm -hmm. you know your eyesight goes so you can't see all your wrinkles and (laughs) (laughs) get a little insight yeah it's a really fascinating thing and
1: groupies specifically really get that so much more than I feel any other type of,
2: Um, you know, it's, you know, you could do this with any woman's work or pastime or anything, you know, the women's uh, volleyball team has to wear bikini bottom. Yeah. Right. The men get to wear shorts. We don't make these rules, but some women figure out early on in a way that, strengthens them that they have something men want. Mm -hmm. And if you use that properly, however you wish to, whether you're Connie (laughs) or whether you're a tease for your whole life, there's power in the pussy. There is power in the pussy. When you figure that shit out, it is a game changer. But then they want to slut shame you. I didn't make these rules. I can't climb that corporate ladder. I will never make what he makes. I will never do what he does. But you know what? He wants my pussy.
1: (laughs) 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 And there is that. That's an interesting thing. Yeah. When you mentioned the volleyball team, for instance, that's different because those are men making those decisions for those women. This is what you wear. This isn't them being like, oh, I want to wear my underwear while I'm playing volleyball. Correct.
2: Correct. But it's similar in that we don't make the rules. Oh, yeah. Just like people of color don't make the rules that if they get pulled over, they might not survive it, yeah. yep. period. And it. what am I wearing? I may not survive the night without getting raped because I'm wearing something wrong. Yep. Right? Yep. And so... There, you know, we didn't make these rules, but if you, you know, somebody tried to be rude and say, "Oh, don't you think this could be damaging to women?" Of course, it could be. Being a groupie could be damaging to a broken person. So could being in a bad marriage. For me, it's it's about it's like electricity. It can either warm you or you know fry you. Yeah. (laughs) I used that power. I took that power and said. David Lee Roth asked me to sleep with him. So how can I go back to Battle Creek and be sad because my 16-year-old boyfriend doesn't love me anymore? <laughs> really, though? Like, wow. Yeah. It's empowering. And people go, wow, you empowered yourself with sex? What did you guys teach me with? Do I want to go to school for 20 years, get a master's? You still won't respect me. Yeah, <laughs> very true. And
1: yeah, again, it's like, when women are making the decisions for themselves,. Correct. There's always going to be someone who takes issue with that.
2: That's right, because they want to degrade you because again, it keeps you down. Yes, so for example, you know, even just the fact of being a groupie, I mean, I regret telling some of my stories because I think that it, they were taken the wrong way. No stories I told about anyone, no matter how kinky wasn't someone that I thought was the most quality fucking person in the world Mm -hmm. like Billy Billy may forever be known for shit I said about him but I'll tell you what he's the only fucking guy ever that continually checked in for consent good for him wow and I never know knew that's what it was yeah there was no me too but constantly checking in going it's a bit wild but it's all right yeah you know, it's, it's a bit wild, but you're okay. Yeah. You know, it's just a laugh, isn't it? You're okay. Constantly. Ah. And that's called checking in for consent, people. And it's called doing it in a classy fucking way. Yeah. And making sure
1: you're happy and you're getting what you making want as sure well. you're
2: enjoying this. Yeah. And I fucking was. And so it's that. Making him something bad mm-hmm. or making me a slut is not accurate. No. It's not what happened. And just because the men are the rock stars mm-hmm. and they have the fame, people will say, how dare you tell those stories? Yeah. He was in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. My home. you kidding? <laughs> that it's not my story? <laughs> exactly. And that's an
1: interesting thing, too, because like you were saying before, women also get shamed for sharing their story. Because the rock star is the, the more famous one or something. This story that happened between both of you somehow belongs to them more.
2: Right. It, yep. The
1: logic Which there. is
2: why I was famous for that off-the-cuff quote. God, there are better quotes to be famous for. But when we were in New York and someone asked Patty Darbinville what they think Cat Stevens thinks about her talking about their love. Mm -hmm. And she said, we were in love. Why wouldn't I talk about that? And I said, listen, it's not just his story. And if you don't want, listen, if you don't want to be in my life story, don't put your dick in it. Yeah, Exactly. But once you do, guess what? You've now joined my book. You can be a a villain. (laughs) You can be a hero, whatever the fuck you were when you crossed my path. Welcome to my story.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
2: Yeah. It is so
1: interesting when women especially write their memoirs, like when Miss P put out I'm with the band and right. you watch interviews that she did back then and like the tone of them, the oh. tone of the interviewers. It's unbelievable.
2: No, that's slut shaming. Thank God Miss P was with us when yeah. we went to Dr. Keith Abloh. It was supposedly a psychiatrist uh, that did talk shows and they sold me, the producer sold me on, he wanted to understand the psyche of a groupie. And I thought, great, we're fascinating. Let's do this. Well, (laughs) he didn't, he wanted to slut shame, but I didn't know that. Yeah. I was told he was very respectful to the hookers from the bunny ranch. So I thought we'd be fine. We were not backstage when he First question out of his mouth nailed me said so you traded sex for your job with Van Halen which obviously there's so much to the story (laughs) and Miss P is backstage with the rocker twins my dear rocker twins from Grand Junction and she looked at them and she goes what a dick hold (laughs) on girls here we go yeah because she knew That's where this was going.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Think of all the men like Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm pretty sure he only dates like supermodels. No one like shames him for having a specific type that Mm -hmm. he always goes for. Right.
2: Well, exactly. Like, for example, oh, uh, groupies are just a receptacle for a rock star sperm. Well, is it better? Isn't that a little better than an accountant sperm? I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, as long as you're doing what you want to do and. Well,
2: that's true because listen, I have daughters, 27 and 24. And so they are gen, you know, they're millennials. Mm-hmm. And so I see things differently. Yeah. But I also don't. So being held to today's standards, looking at yesterday with today's eyes doesn't always age well. Of course. But it doesn't make me a victim. No, not at and all. And that's the hard part because some of these group, some groupie pages are concerned because they're younger. They, they have a different schema, <laughs> you know, we raised them. The Gen X taught these young girls not to let people fuck with them. Mm-hmm. But these young girls then hold us to uh, something that wasn't, that wasn't the same. Yeah. You know, I was uh, 14 years old when I lost my virginity and I, that's something. So literally everybody after that was, you know, come on, everything I ever did, I was a full participant in, (laughs) I wanted all of it. And nobody did anything to me, but these baby groupies that yeah. they talk about, listen, okay. It is, maybe it does sound gross today, Yep. but when we were 14, oh my God, I would have fucked David boy in a heart beat. Like, okay. Lose your virginity mm-hmm. to the high school boyfriend or to David, or David Bowie. boy. Yeah. I have a groupie <laughs> friend, the coolest chick on the planet. I'll introduce you to her. She lost her virginity to Jimmy Page. Okay, I'm done now. We can. (laughs) That's an interesting thing too,
1: because I feel that, like you said, uh, a lot of women who did have that experience don't feel like a victim. It was consensual. We can look back. We have perspective now where we can say, okay, now we, we know better where... We shouldn't allow 14 year olds to consent, but percent. I also worry about like, you're not a victim, but when people are constantly telling you, like, no, you were one, right. like, aren't they kind of victimizing you? Like they're, they're rewriting your story. They're trying to tell you something. Right. Thank you.
2: Bravo. Bravo. That's yeah. exactly what I feel like. Yeah. I feel, I feel almost angry. That someone wants to take things that were empowering as fuck to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, forget all the fun and glamour and whatever, but decisions I fully participated in. I don't like that. I don't like being told that I was a victim. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you when I was a victim. You know, sometimes I was. And it, it had 10 million times more to do with one's family. (laughs) <laughs> than what you're seeking out because when you seek out what you need even as a young person and you're trying to figure out who you are like meets like you end up finding your tribe mm-hmm. I was blessed I wasn't harmed taken advantage of raped I wasn't fucked with champagne bottles I wasn't gang banged those things didn't happen it doesn't mean that if you're not if you're fully participating, enjoy. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Because nobody's going to tell me how to get off. Exactly. So I don't care. My point is, I was never faced with something that I would be uncomfortable with because apparently there's a vibe, right? So the rock stars attracted to me, kind of like Midwestern, you know, chick and with some brains. For sure. And again, I
1: think a lot of people have a misconception that groupies are just one night stands. Sometimes that happens, but a lot of the time that there's a real relationship there, a friendship, a bond.
2: A hundred percent. And people have one night stands all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes they are, sure. But most of the time because well maybe for some people but that's why Connie's so amazing right they don't go back because she gives the whole fucking crew head that's not why they go back to Connie yeah period because he can go with a supermodel he can go you know with a stripper he can go with his childhood sweetheart there's a million women he has to choose Mm -hmm. but Connie and Little Rock has something that she gives un-fucking-conditionally. And listen, you know, you hold them, you help them sleep. You, they wake up from nightmares. Sometimes they cry. I mean, it's, it sounds kind of cliche, but these people, I mean, imagine the loneliness. We've all been here in our homes forever. Imagine being in a hotel room surrounded by no one you know. Yeah. Except that band who you're kind of sick of. Yeah, exactly. You want some different company. You want this. You want a connection. You don't just want sex. Nikki Six used to say, Jesus, I'd be better off with a blow up doll, but I'd probably fall in love with her too because her head's full of air. Because the way it is, is you want just because you're maybe pretty or maybe even good in the sack. If they wake up in the morning and go, oh my fucking God, she's going to start talking again. You'll never see him again.
1: Yeah. You know, so many, again, like Connie, there's a reason they always wanted her back. And there's also a reason why she went back over and over. You know, they treated her right. Yes. She got what she wanted out of it. And again, yeah, it's a, it's a bond.
2: She got what she wanted out of it times a million. Yeah. And I don't have a song. You have a song? No. That troll (laughs) that was asking about Connie, you know, being disgusting. That troll doesn't have a song. Exactly. And now she's part of music history. She's history. And my response to the troll, excuse me, was simply, yeah, well, uh, Queen Elizabeth has more class than I do as well, but I'm sure my friends will miss me when I'm gone. And that's the epitaph for Sweet Connie. People miss her. Mm -hmm. You know, because she was cool as fuck. Yeah. You know, and they wanted to be in her presence. Mm
1: -hmm. You know? Yeah. Everyone loved her on the tours.
0: You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top.
2: Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that
0: helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube.
1: Speaking of tours and, you know, women making things happen for themselves, you have very much always been that type of woman. And I feel like most groupies are you know we see something we want we go after it and we get it
2: 100 percent
1: you from a teenager were doing that you were a teenager when you got to tour with van halen like i can't even believe it (laughs) right like whoa i know again like i'm that's every male fan
2: dream as well 100 percent. well there you go there you go right yeah how much chance does he have? Maybe close to what I have as mm-hmm. a, you know, cause if you're really eager and you're really always around and they think they can trust you, they probably would hire a dude too. Of course. But yeah. I feel th- I feel like what that is, is what I've seen in every groupie. All my friends that are groupies, their life was the same way. Yeah. And it's about focusing on what you want, knowing what you want, having a goal. I am the prize. And having no expectations. And knowing your worth. I belong here. And
1: you do. And I feel like that's the thing. Like, you know, we might not be musicians, but we've found our place in in the scheme of A
2: hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because just this morning, I was, someone was talking about how music saved them in ways that we can't even, can't even express. That's the other common denominator with groupies. You know they're not different than the girls who are there for the music, just because they're having sex with these beautiful you know multifaceted men, yeah, I mean, so stupid. you'd go out with that poet that that stranger that'd be a whole romantic story, mm-hmm. make him a rock star and you're a slut also, like what if you meet a musician at a coffee shop
1: or is that somehow better because you it wasn't like
2: the backstage experience like it's ridiculous it's so ridiculous and you know the movie almost famous was great in a lot of ways but for some of us you know miss p of course and some of the og groupies just kind of felt like well for example band-aids hard i i've embraced it now because i know band-aids And I know their heads aren't saying, we're above you. We're not fucking the band. That's not what they're saying. But it is a made-up word. So that was tough for us, right? Because Cameron wouldn't just let us embrace (laughs) groupie. He played it safe.
1: He played it safe there. It was
2: like, yes, Yes. didn't want to go all out, which is a shame. And most Band-Aids I know are groupies. So that's why I understand it now. Yeah. But, so that was tough. And like Miss P will always tell you, the fact that she tries to off herself over a rock star is no groupies we know. No. Again, no. playing it safe. Again, making Penny pay the price. Exactly. And that's We're so frustrating. Bad girl.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sapphire is by far the best character.
2: Sapphire's the, the one. Sapphire knows the fucking deal. And by the way, Penny is very, very sought after and everything. But Sapphire's the one that's everywhere. Yes, she's the connie. She's easy. she's easy. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Rockstars don't have time to wine and dine you. And, you know, they're in town for one night. So a chick that knows the score, she's literally there with a sign that says, I'm a groupie. Yeah. Makes it all so much fucking easier. Exactly and the ones
1: that get to go on the tours and know the tour lifestyle, just embrace it if this is what you like. Enjoy it, enjoy the ride. Yeah, Yeah. you're not expecting marriage at the end of it.
2: But you know what? You're not expecting marriage anyway back home with the losers (laughs) that you're also (laughs) having sex with to make yourself feel better. Yeah. I mean, listen, life's hard. Sex is hard. It probably is for guys too, but I can only speak for myself. And a lot of people didn't deserve to touch me, (laughs) but you know, that's life. And I was fully participant. (laughs) Great. Again,
1: like that's the way it should be. No matter if you're dating a rock star or
2: the guy who works at car wash, you know, whatever. Well, and this year, when I go back this year for the groupie round table, it will be my thirtieth wedding anniversary.
1: Wow. Congratulations. Thirty <laughs> so, years.
2: Yeah, that we're gonna wild. we're both going and yeah. So that's the other thing, you know, just being authentic yeah. is really important. You know, I would have I mean, the way I feel is if you're not your authentic self, then when they tell you they love you, you won't believe them. You know? Absolutely. That, Absolutely myself. And you're never going to be happy
1: because you're never, you're always putting on whatever you think other people want you to That's
2: right. And so completely being myself meant through all the stages of my life, Mm -hmm. all the changes that came through 30 years, he's still going, they want you on a talk show? Go do it. Yeah. You know who you are. They can't make you a slut because you're not one. Go. Exactly.
1: I love that he understands and
2: supports and yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's empowering to have your person, you know, and like Pamela said, when I fell in love with him, I remembered this line as closely as I can. And it was, I could hear her saying, Michael didn't love me in spite of my ticky tacky past, but because of it, Yeah, he loved the whole person. Mm -hmm. He loved all of Pamela. That's refreshing because the Madonna-whore complex is very
1: real. Oh, absolutely. And unfortunately, there are some men and I'm sure some women who once you're in a relationship, they don't want you to have a past anymore. They don't want you to own your sexuality and still be you know, who you are. They kind of want to pin that down. It might have been what they were attracted to, but suddenly it's like Mm -hmm. you can't
2: share it anymore. You can't you know and that's not that's not okay my husband is when i've said to him gosh you know it's just so different having a relationship with you because i feel like if you're in a relationship where you feel like you're that dog on a choke chain as soon as you get off that choke chain you ain't never coming back oh yeah <laughs> but if you're the pampered poodle and you know where home is and that that's where you're the most loved you'll never leave yeah exactly <laughs> And that's the thing. I have the freedom, but where would I go? (laughs) My life is the best. So Almost Famous had this moment that I think is one of the best and probably everybody's favorite, one of everybody's favorite, the, I have to go home. And then she says, you are home. Yes. And everybody understands that who's been on the road. Oh, yes. But I actually immediately flashed back to my your home moment and that was when I was on the road with Van Halen and this particular night we had to get up at three to go to the next town so everybody piles in the elevator no not the band you know this is a crew yeah it's three I I'm kind of grumbling making noises everybody completely uh, with their bags and one of the roadies goes it's only rock and roll, but I like it. (laughs) Yes, I do. And everybody broke into a smile like, oh my God, are we actually bitching? Yeah. That we have to get up at 3 (laughs) a.m. and go to another town and play another show with Van Halen? Yeah. It was awesome.
1: That is absolutely the you are home moment. That is precisely what that scene was about. Like, Yeah, you might have these moments where, you know, you're tired, you're grumpy, you feel like shit, but
2: oh my God, where would I rather be? Right? It's magical. It is like living the gypsy life. You are a rock and roll gypsy when you're Mm -hmm. on the road. And that's where you learn. Yes, in some ways, every city looks the same. In other ways, every city has its own light. Every city has its own vibe. Does not look the same in Cleveland as it does in Lakeland. And I guess the audience
1: audiences are different everywhere you go as well. Did you enjoy watching the audiences?
2: And you know what I actually, I would, I would actually say, I discovered the opposite. It was so consistent oh. because of who you were with. Mm. So if I was on the road with Van Halen. I knew even when I wasn't working for them I could get on a Greyhound bus and go to wherever the fuck they were playing and go to the show and find people and I wouldn't get hurt because the Van Halen crowd wasn't the crowd that was going to drag you out and, you know, whatever. Mhm. So I found that actually comforting that there's another you are home, you know, yeah. where if you're if that's your band, then it just as soon as you get to the show it's like ah okay now this, these are the people, you know, these are your people. Yeah.
1: That's interesting. I guess maybe it would be f- interesting to go to different countries with the same band.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. And, and part of, you know, watching a show is of course the give and take. I mean, that's the thing. That's the part of being a groupie that I don't think you can ever stop is have so much love to give if i really really love the band Mm -hmm. that i have to yeah i have to you know it's not even a question and that means front row which if you don't know the person can be very pricey oh yeah you know there's no place like it no it's the give and take like steven tyler said he said we put it out and they give it back groupies are like our alter egos
1: yes that's exactly it.
2: Groupies are rock stars as well.
1: 100%. Yeah.
2: Well, and in the, listen, maybe some of them, because I certainly didn't feel like one, but what a great way to feel like a rock star. What a great way to be a part of the magic without having to perform and without having to come up with magic that they go, where's the single? <laughs> you know, that's not my problem. Yeah. I just get to, you know, support the person, mm-hmm. give them my honest opinions because music is my life too. And, and again, it. It. it's not degrading, it's empowering.
1: Right. And if it were degrading, we wouldn't be there. So dumb.
2: Same actually goes for sex workers. For me, that would be difficult, but that's because of my broken parts. But being a groupie would be difficult for other women. Because of the parts, you know? And so I look at sex work as, fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. Honestly, look at OnlyFans. Yeah. The reason they shut down the porn is because poor people were getting rich. You know why? Because the power. Yeah. The power of the pussy again. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And people don't like that. People don't like that. We didn't make the rules. But if these women... You know, the strippers in Hollywood made so much more money than I did. Oh my God. If I'd have had that gene Mm -hmm. so that I could just go, bam, here I am, then maybe I'd have done it Yeah, because that's probably, that's as empowering as being a groupie. I'm 100% sure. For sure. So these women, God bless them. Mm -hmm. You know, how sad is it that I have a friend with a master's degree in education and they probably make half what just a, a, your average stripper makes. Yeah. I know. It's wild. And that's not sad because the strippers shouldn't make their money. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> sad because we don't pay
1: women oh, yeah.
2: what they're worth. I have a
1: friend who's a nurse and she's also a bartender because even mm-hmm. being a nurse doesn't make her enough money to live. And it's like, how is that a thing? All right it, that, it, that should not, you shouldn't have to have two jobs, a full-time nurse job. And like, after you get off, you, you go and work a bar. That's crazy.
2: hundred percent. I feel like your generation is fixing this. Oh, I hope so. You know, the, the boomers, listen, they were only working with what they were working with as well, mm-hmm. but they raised us to question authority, right? They raised the Gen X to, you know, A, B and C. And yes, we fucked off and we partied through the eighties and we were very decadent and we didn't take care of the planet and we didn't do anything we were supposed to do. We did, we fucked it up. However, we raised the revolution. You did. Gen X had these babies who tell us, Oh, guess what? Not only will I question authority, you can't tell me what gender I am. Yeah. And you know what? They're fucking right. Yes. Nobody better tell me who the fuck I am. It's been wild
1: and in such a great way to see the progress that we are all making right now and finally talking about things that were so taboo to talk about before or not even on people's radar to even talk about. Absolutely. It's going to be great to see. Like, I'm sure a lot of things are going to be way shittier in the next 20 years just because
2: sure. of life right now. But, like, sure. But in many ways, it won't. Yeah. Because I'm the I'm the next generation after the boomers. And by the time you guys get Gen X and millennials making all the decisions, shit's gonna be different. Yeah. Because you won't have a bunch of people bucking against it going, Yeah, that's not the way we've ever done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, you got it, it's gonna take that time. Yeah, but I realize, okay, your generation that we raised, this revolution. You're going to raise children and are, yeah. that ge- this gender stuff's not even a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not going to be, I mean, it's just beautiful. And what, and the reason is because of the generation before, you know, don't shit on the boomers. Cause if it wasn't for the boomers, you wouldn't even have Gen X. And if it wasn't for Gen X fucking off and doing whatever they did and enjoying the fuck out of their twenties <laughs> and then settling down the revolution yeah I mean listen it all was the way it was supposed to be and I'm just along for the ride and I may not understand it all the time but I really want to learn you know my oldest child is trans and it's something that you know whenever people including grandparents have asked you know it's like I just asked them who they are yeah The only person who can tell us who they are is them why why would you even question what they said about how who they are on the inside what what does that even mean yeah don't tell me how i feel right but see that's you know how it worked every generation gets a little better i'm stupid too they them is hard for me just the grammar of it but like i said to my child I had to apologize because I realized that they had told me, you know, they, them is my preferred pronoun, but I'll answer to she or he, it doesn't matter. So I had to come to them and say, I'm really sorry because I realized I cherry picked the, it doesn't matter mm. and left out the, my preferred pronouns. Yeah. Cause it was easier for me to use the pronouns I've used since they were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had to apologize for that, but it's a learning curve, you of know, I didn't even realize I did that. And I'm sorry, cause that's not cool. You said what you wanted.
1: It's all about listening and learning and accepting that change happens and that it's good. I feel like a lot of older people, especially if they don't have children who they witness right. going through these changes and being part of it. I mean, I'm sure that helps so much. It's a shame that not everyone has people in their lives who are young to teach them, you know, it is okay, change is good. It's it's necessary.
2: Right. And once again, no one is getting hurt here. No. You know, they try people try and legislate everything. Yeah. Morality and gender roles and all of this bullshit just ask a person who they are move on who cares does it really affect your life exactly has the bravery to tell you yeah I may look like a a guy but I'm non-binary so
1: Mm -hmm. or if a woman wants to sleep with every guy on the
2: tour what does that affect you how does that affect you at all getting married to it yeah some of these women have full-blown, wonderful relationships, and they get married, and I'm not sure marrying a rock star would have been any fun at all. I don't think I so. <laughs> but And then other ones just want to be there. you know, they used to call us road angels.": Yes, I love that. And that's what yeah. you guys are. like that's What's that like, you know, yeah. kind of like a little bit of Florence Nightingale. you mm-hmm. know, I'm here for the snuggles. Yep. Sure. Sex is a part of it if people want to, but I got to tell you there was a hell of a lot more holding and talking Mm -hmm. than there was anything else because people just want to be heard, man. They have to be on all the
1: time. Right. And like you just said, I feel like people don't really think about this, but I've always said like, I'd rather be the groupie than the wife. Like I get all the fun. We don't, we don't argue. We're not having, you know, commitment relationship things it's just all about the time that you spend together and having the most fun while you're
2: together I actually said that to Ingve once because I spent a weekend with him about 10 years after we broke up at the Mondrian and he got abusive again and made me cry and I said oh fuck this no 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 I'm not your wife yeah. You don't get to make me cry anymore. And he apologized. And you know, the world was my oyster for the rest of the weekend. But no, this is not what I'm here for. I'm not going to allow you to treat me like that. Nope. And listen, when I was his girlfriend, a lot more, you know, I let a lot more slide. That's what happens when yep. you're in a relationship. But yep. no, nope, only the good stuff, my friend. Mm hmm. I wanted
1: to ask you, is there, do you have like a favorite venues that you
2: would go to see concerts at? Like, let's talk about shows that you saw. Because, you know, I was almost famous for always going to Cleveland. I lived in Battle Creek, Michigan, and I think Cleveland was probably only about eight hours away. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Kind a of Greyhound. So I went there all the time. So Richfield Coliseum yeah. was really cool. You know, Cleveland does rock. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. But of course, I mean the troubadour, the whiskey. Yeah. You know, Cobo Hall is pretty amazing. I mean,
1: when I when Shanti and I went to LA, DD Kiel took us mm-hmm. to the whiskey and showed us around and took oh. us to the backstage area. It was so magical and i was really amazed at how like intimate that place is i was imagining it to be so much bigger 100%
2: it,
1: it must have been so magical being in that small space with these
2: incredible bands back then i can i can only imagine because i only went to the whiskey infrequently because i worked five nights a week at the rainbow yeah and so i was i mean literally i made my days off so that i could go to the clubs like cat house Tammy's Tammy and Ricky's club I so I rarely saw the shows at the clubs but the thing about working at the rainbow was like it's almost like you're which I didn't realize till I was gone (laughs) is that you're like working in the green room backstage almost you are backstage because when the rock stars come in they don't know the fans. They don't know the tourists. They don't know the customers, except the regulars. So the regulars and the staff is their family. Yep. And they even if they don't know you, they feel more comfortable talking to you because they know damn well you're not impressed. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I was impressed, but I didn't act impressed.
1: <laughs> also, you know, when you're working, you have to interact with people. It's not like you're a fan sitting in the corner, like waiting for your moment to go up. Like there's a natural interaction that's going to happen, whether or not you're impressed, whether or not you have any interest in a particular
2: band. No, that's a hundred percent. And it makes for risk-free matchmaking, you know, because you can go up and ask them if they want something to drink Mm -hmm. and depending on how they answer (laughs) and how you ask. Yeah you Know you can move on, and if they blow you off and you're embarrassed, you're like, whatever, I'm just the waitress, I'm not trying to get you know exactly to save a little face. You know,
1: we also got to go to the rainbow, and again, another magical you can feel the rock and roll energy in there. Um, we danced on the dance floor upstairs, it was so amazing. That's where I
2: worked, that was oh. my home for over two thousand nights I worked at the rainbow two thousand nights I drove the Sunset Strip to work and the Sunset Strip home wow
1: uh, and that was another fascinating thing like all of those places these legendary places are like within walking distance it's yeah. just
2: a couple blocks it's and crazy. I'm fascinated with the old Hollywood too mm-hmm. so what's wonderful is those places have been here since the early 1900s you know the whiskey was a bank and the Roxy was a market, oh. West Side Market, and the Rainbow was the Villanova. Kind of a a fancy, famous restaurant, kind of like Ciro's, only smaller. Gotcha. So yeah, there's so much Hollywood history there, you know? Yep. And because of
1: that, it does draw everyone that you would want
2: to yes. be drawn
1: in. hundred percent it's just it's so cool you, you're part of that history now as well yeah you
2: know? and I think when you're in it I don't think you realize it no you know I always felt like I was I mean in some ways on the outside looking in at the beautiful people and then when you leave you're like oh my god I was hanging around with the be- beautiful people I was right in the middle of all that yeah. I felt like I was on the outside so I don't, but that's refreshing because really do you want to feel like one of the beautiful people <laughs> that's probably a little bit full of yourself. So probably refreshing to look back on it rather than. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For
1: sure. Yeah. You don't want the ego while you're in it. You want to be like, like, I had no ego. I was always the geek from battle Creek in my head.
2: It makes it so
1: much more special when you do feel like that Mm -hmm. to be a part of this and to have these, again, it's like, it's just, it is empowering. It makes you know your worth. It makes you realize, wow, I'm here for a reason.
2: They want me here for a reason. Right. Yep. A hundred percent. And it's so, these people are so magical to be around, you know, and the fact that there must be some sort of give and take, Mm -hmm. or they wouldn't still be talking to you because they honestly have a lot. Like, for example, you know, Lemmy could go hang out with Nikki Six or Dave Grohl or, you know, any number of people, and he'd rather spend the evening at the Rainbow, mm-hmm. and we would talk all night and, you know, read lyrics and whatever. And he was hilarious and he was funny. But you see, you realize in hindsight that you had to have had something to offer these friends of yours, or they wouldn't absolutely have wasted their time. And it's. My fa- One of my favorite Lemmy lines when he brought his lyrics was, he goes, I don't know about this line. I, I, I'm thinking about this one instead. And I said, well, you know what Jack Kerouac said? First thought, best thought. And he, go- he looked at me and he goes, that's well, just fucking lazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. If <laughs> he was known for nothing else, it was laziness. So yes, oh, you're right. Wow, that is good. That's perfect.
1: <laughs> Since we're talking about Lemmy, It was so beautiful to see how loved he was and all the tributes that are at the Rainbow now. Everywhere I looked, there was, you know, you saw something of Lemmy there. And he's one of the only rock stars I can think of that I've really never heard a negative story of. Like women have just the most amazing things to say. He just seems like he was the most incredible. He was truly
2: an English gentleman, he had manners. He had intellect yeah. and he was, had that dry wit and he was rock star in the millionth degree. And all, my friends that haven't slept with him like myself, oh, we wish we had. Yeah. Now, I mean, I say that a little bit facetiously because who knows what friendship, you know, if things stay the same, that's usually the reason, you know? I have a whole box of letters, you know, like we wrote each other letters. Yeah. He was my dearest friend and I was one of his friends and that didn't want that to change, you know? Yeah. But as far as how sexy Lemmy is, yeah, that <laughs> one would have been, that's the one that got away. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, what was it like seeing him live? I would have loved. Amazing because he was again so down to earth and so, I mean, he would practically roll his eyes, you know, except he loved his fans. That's why he literally performed up until 10 days before he died. Yeah. Because he, you know, even sometimes he couldn't play more than three songs and he'd have to say, sorry, guys. But he was trying because that's what he wanted to do. And, So it was amazing, but it was also down to earth. You know, he'd be sitting there backstage watching the TV and it'd be the same guy coming back on every, you know, 10 minutes. Hi, I'm Randall Devereaux. And he'd go, Randall, we missed you. How long have you been gone now? (laughs) You know, those kind (laughs) of just little. And uh, my sister going, "Um, I want to go watch The Misfits. And he goes, (laughs) Why? And then he goes, take, will you take Pat's sister to go, you know. Puts the laminate on her, walks her to the front row, lets Aww. her watch the Misfits. He uh, was just so, you know, I'd say, where do you want me to sit? And he'd, he looked at me and he goes, on my amp. <laughs> side, <laughs> side stage. What do you think? So literally, the way he was just so matter of fact yeah. about things that are just everything,
1: you know? Uh, sitting great. on Lemmy's amp side stage that would be like a holy grail moment
2: for me. It was. I have to say it was because there is nothing like the power in that room. There is nothing like a Motorhead fan. Yeah. And Mickey D, come on. This band is a tight three piece mm-hmm. and they kick ass. And if you're lucky enough to see killed by death live or overkill live or Eat the rich, you know. Any of those, it's just it's otherworldly, and that's why he is so famous, and yet definitely did not pass a millionaire, mm-hmm. which is wild as well. More money, he said. I made more money on "Mama, I'm Coming Home," that he wrote for Ozzy, yeah, than he made on all the entire Motorhead catalog combined. Whoa, that's crazy, but yep. like you said, Motorhead fans. Are like so hardcore, so loyal. Absolutely. Uh, So good to them. Like he never made people feel foolish. He used to say, Manners don't cost anything. You know, he was never rude. And you know, Dave Grohl during his memorial, when he talked about how he met Lemmy at a strip club and Lemmy was playing a video game and that was his hero, and he was all, and he just said, You know, I just got to tell you, you know, you're one of the reasons I'm a musician and whatever. And he said, Lemmy just looked up deadpan and said, Sorry about your friend because he was saying he, you know, he'd heard about Kurt and yeah. fuck all that, you know, rock star shit. Sorry yeah. about your friend. Uh. And Dave said that just changed everything because Lemmy didn't say it as a sound bite. Mm-hmm. He was talking to another human being. And the first thing he said to this, his biggest fan was, sorry about your friend.
1: Yeah. It's not about being a rock star, taking the adulation. It's let's connect yeah. on a human level.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh. And I saw him um, the year he passed. And um, I'm glad I did because, I mean, nobody knew that was coming, yeah. you know? Yeah. He went out on his terms, that's for sure. What a legend,
1: my God. Yeah, I was thinking the last time we talked, we talked about like Holy Grail rock stars and like who would my Holy Grail rock stars be? And right, they're all dead, unfortunately. Like Lemmy, oh. Kurt,
2: Chris Cornell, Bowie. Oh my God. And that is so much the case for so many of the groupies. Mm-hmm in the gen after gen's after yes yeah. because i mean even my guys are you know starting to clip the mortal coil depending yeah. on how hard they partied it's crazy the gen x
1: generation like not a lot of them are left now like they went
2: way too soon well and again <laughs> we really really did the 80s art <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes, yes, you guys did. So <laughs> you know, they don't call it the decade of decadence for nothing.
1: Very true. And yeah, that's I guess also why there had to be such a big shift too. Because yes. like where do you go from there? You kind of have Correct. to go the opposite way.
2: Yes. Oh, and grunge made sure we did. Exactly. Grunge was like, and that's all good night for yeah. you guys yeah put those bright silly colors away <laughs> yeah. put down the hairspray
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> take your makeup off <laughs> this has been such an incredible chat like thank you oh, so, so, much so much for coming fun. on again is In there anything other. else that you wanted to talk about before oh my god I on don't on? I have no idea nope <laughs> ah, brilliant because this is perfect and um I'm sure we can have another chat again. Uh, we'll, we'll do a part three another
2: time. Yeah. And maybe when it gets closer to the groupie roundtable, we'll do another one and yeah. try and figure out a way to, you know, hook as many girls
1: up. I love, obviously, meeting other like minded women who yes. take pride in who they are and aren't afraid to own a word that right. other people might have an issue with. That's yes. their
2: issue. It's not my issue. No, 100%. And they can't make it my issue. Mm-hmm. That's what I always try. You know, because we always do, if we have any self-awareness, we're a little worried about how it appears, how things appear. But honestly, it you know, if someone thinks I'm purple, I'm actually not. Yeah. <laughs> so they cannot make me feel like a slut. Because I'm not, yep. And but but you know it doesn't mean those things aren't hurtful. Slush shaming's the worst. I mean, empowering groupies are few and far between. People would much rather go the negative.
1: Yeah, and that's again why it's so important to have these conversations and to try to. It's not. It's not that I'm trying to explain myself or explain mm-hmm. uh, groupie dumb to people. No. It's that I'm trying to show you. L- look at it from this perspective. There's another side here that you're not seeing and yes. you don't have to be a part of it. We're not asking you to participate. if no. You don't wish to, but, but respect like- yes. my decision to be me. and am just like, I respect your decisions to do whatever you want to do. Right. right.
2: Like I respect your decisions that maybe I wouldn't do. Like yep. perhaps you find it like really important to, only have a sexual relationship with one person in your entire life you do you yeah I, i'm i'm cool with that uh, would i do it i think that's actually a mistake i'd warn my children against that if i could but yeah. you know yeah i wouldn't tell them not to what's right, for, again, you is right for you it's not my life right exactly no. and the groupy thing is you know especially um within you know instagram's a lot hmm Instagram can be mean girls. A lot oh, yeah. of mean girls. The internet and,
1: is just,
2: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. More Facebook negative. is your crazy uncle and Instagram is the mean girls that won't let you sit with them. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> a good way to
2: put it. That is definitely. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of try and just do what I want to do, say what I want to say. And that's why I, I think I would find it difficult to be honest I would love to write my book and I'm sure someday I'll write a book and I'll give it to my kids so they know because a lot of great a lot of great stories and stuff but or somebody maybe might want to write one about me Uh, Mm -hmm. I have a couple friends that have talked about that but man selling it oh that would be almost impossible writing it myself and them having them pick apart my life oh my god I don't know I um I don't think I need that Mm -hmm. in my (laughs) <laughs> the fall of my days <laughs>
1: it uh, it's definitely one of those things where there's a bravery there and there's also like no matter who you are no matter what your story is there are going to be people who shut it down
2: and that's why i love what you're doing because i find it really easy to talk to people mm-hmm. i find it really hard to perform i find it really hard to you know write because I edit it, edit it, edit it until it's completely wrong. Yeah. So this is the best. And then you can be your
1: authentic self. Exactly, exactly. For me, it's like I really enjoy doing this and I love when women come on because you're telling your story in your voice. Right. We're having a conversation. I don't want to fuck with your story. I I want you to tell it, you know, even even though I'm all positive for your story, no one's going to tell it like you
2: tell it, you know? And I think that that's what's important about having this ability to be around like-minded women. Whether it's with your podcast, whether it's Groupie Round Table, one of the women that came to the round table is an amazing groupie. Her stories are like again, Jimmy Page. Yeah. But she said she never talked about it because she works in the industry and she just thought that people would look at her a certain way and once she was surrounded by all of us Mm -hmm. with the same experiences owning it going who the fuck cares what anybody thinks they wish they lost their virginity to jimmy page and if they say they didn't they're lying the more women who
1: talk about these things in a positive way again it's Mm -hmm. like generations we're all building onto each other it's gonna make other women more open to sharing their stories and being like yeah I'm gonna own it and Uh it shouldn't be an issue so like let's work to make it not an issue by open and and just see what
2: it is because it's almost like there's not two camps groupies are band-aids and band-aids are groupies and The girls that are there for the music, the girls that are there for the sex are also there for the music,
1: you know, just I can get sex at a bar if I just want sex. Like I
2: don't have to go to a concert, you know, I don't have to be chosen. See, I don't have to dress up, put myself in the right place, get myself where I need to be and then be chosen, if you will. Yeah. I don't need to go through all that. No. It's no. about the music and it's about telling them, you know, yeah. and being a part of it and just hearing their stories. Like, honestly, Billy was so chill and down to earth and sweet. So literally the, the next morning, well, one part of my mind is exploding because I'm going, it's fucking Billy Idol in my bed right now. Yeah. The, it, it, you immediately come back to, this is just the person you've been making love with. It's not that big a deal. But for one second, and I said, so what's it like to be Billy Idol? Mm-hmm. And I did the quotes. And he goes, eh, they want the lip. I give them the lip. It's <laughs> a, bit an, a bit of an Elvis ripoff in it. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just darling and charming. And it's those kind of things. It's not like you are with pe- another human being and you're both acting too cool for school. You are two human beings connecting. Yep. In a million different ways. Yeah. You're connecting to someone whose music you connected to to begin Correct. with. And he and they see that you can see them. Yep. Because you're not going, oh my God, I can't believe you. Oh my god." Exactly. And you're not going um and you're not going, "So, when is your next album plan? You know, you're literally seeing him going, "Damn, what's it like to be Billy?" You know, because yeah. now I know you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're Bill Broad. I can see that clearly. You're you're gorgeous mm-hmm. and beyond sexually godlike. Yeah, but you are a sweet fucking dude, just exactly really nice dude. And so that's, I think that's what helps because I saw him but I think they can tell you see them, right? Because you're not tittering. (laughs) Well, I did on the phone. Listen, there is something weird about being one degree away. When they call you on the phone, it's a little weirder. Yeah. When you hear Billy Idol on the answering machine going, hey, it's Billy, and you're just like, so yeah, that was a little bit more weird. But
1: I remember um, riding in a car once with Pamela, Mm -hmm. and Robert Plant called... And, like, hearing Robert Plant on the phone, was like, he wasn't calling me, but just hearing it, I was like, oh, my
2: God, this is amazing. Listen, Miss P is and shall always be the <laughs> queen of the groupies. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, honestly.
1: And just her soul. And, again, like, that's why she's the queen of the groupies. She's yeah. just got such a pure heart.
2: And don't hang around with Miss P because she fucks them exactly and around miss P because she is love mm-hmm. in all ways yeah. and they can feel it mm-hmm. and she is just and she's inclusive to me that's the most important thing and that will always be what my groupie roundtable is she is an inclusive groupie saying come join us if yeah. you feel like we do yes let's Let's feel good about who we are rather than you can't sit with us. Yeah. I'm not a groupie. I'm, I'm amused. Not, not, nothing against the name of the podcast. <laughs> but, you know, some girls don't want yeah. to be known as anything but amused. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a little bit exclusive, right? Because yeah. um, you can't belong to that club necessarily. Yeah. I would never go so far as to say I was amused. Um, and what's funny is Pamela is amused. She mm-hmm. never calls herself one. No, she says I'm a groupie. She's a groupie. Yep. Because, again, it's like going, well, I am a queen, aren't I? You yeah. know? It's not, you know? But so, yeah, she's inclusive. And I like that because you can always sit with her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And she yeah. gives the best hugs in the world. She does.
1: Just being in her presence, like her energy, you really Very feel much. it.
2: You. She is not cosplaying a hippie (laughs) like like I see a lot of on Instagram that woman's the real fucking deal and we should worship at her feet appropriately as we do and you are also
1: such an incredible woman and uh, thank you so much for sharing your stories with me and I love having these conversations and this is just So fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, Sugar. Anytime. If anyone's listening that hasn't heard your first episode, you talk about meeting George Harrison. Uh, We talk about Holy Grail rock stars, Motley Crue a bit, Van Halen, of course, more Lemmy stories. There's so Mm -hmm. much good stuff in there as well. So everyone should take a listen to that. All right, Sugar. This has been wonderful. Thank you, Patty. Muses is researched, edited, and produced by Lynx O'Leary.
3: Wait. the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to Season 1, we are thrilled to announce the launch of Season 2. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you. And let's make Season 2 even more memorable together.